Welcome to the All-American Savage Show Podcast with your host, John Burke, and his far more attractive co-host, me. Now, let's get into it. That's what your mom said. Welcome back to the All-American Savage Show podcast. I am your host, John Burke. And if I know me or I know anything about this podcast, we're going to have technical difficulties here coming up. But uh, just bear with us. So, got a guest today. Very, very special guest today. We've got the Patriot Barbie from Instagram. Lindsay, thank you for joining us today. I know you're super busy. You've got a lot going on in your life. Real quick, I always like letting my guests introduce themselves because they can do it the best. And I don't want to leave anything out. So, tell us more about you and what you got, what got you started on your platform. Um, I was the salon owner in Oregon that opened up in 2020 against lockdowns. Um, I was probably the second person in America to open up against the lockdowns. And uh, because it became a public spectacle, because I I did do it publicly, um, Kate Brown was the Democratic governor up in Oregon. She tyrannically came after me with everything. She was calling me out in press conferences, threatened to take my business license, kick me out of my building. Um, have me arrested, classy misdemeanor. Um, after 10 days, she sent CPS after my kids. Um, they came to my home and threatened to take my kids. So I endured like the wrath of the Democratic Party that believed stay home, stay safe was literally a life-saving event. And I was called a murderer. I was cancel cultured. We had six businesses, um, four tanning salons, a gym, and a hair salon. I had a 5,000-square-foot hair salon with 25 girls. I opened that up, and it was like all hell broke loose in my life. Just changed everything. Um, So the left made a a meme out of my face and said, I don't always play the Patriot Barbie, but when I do, I kill people's grandmas and steal their money. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. It was so epic. So I was wearing my MAGA hat. And... I had just had it with cancel culture. I had been nonstop pummeled for like a month of just ridiculous insults and hatred. And um, so I changed all my social media to the Patriot Barbie and (laughs) it just took off. And uh, it turns out that it really was like who I meant to be. It was an alter ego for a while. It was a joke between my husband and I like, oh, the Patriot Barbie's coming out. Don't make her wear a mask, you know? And um, well, it's interesting now, to see what happens when when you get put under pressure and you see people's true colors come out. So that's that's a blessing in disguise in many ways. It really is. Honestly, it's like it's 100 percent. And I use my platform to, to say this all the time. God literally took something away, a lot of things, everything away from me in order to put me on this purpose. I believe this is a much bigger calling. It's what I'm called to do. It's who God made me to be. And, um, it's kind of funny to say it, but I'm like, the Lord wants me to be the Patriot Barbie. So I'm, uh, I'm taking that crown and wearing it, um, proudly. 
I'm rolling. Oh yeah, I'm totally on the website. Just gonna roll with it. Yeah, totally. Nothing wrong with that. So that that brings about an interesting topic. Right now, uh, are you on Twitter? Uh kind of. I mean, I'm like waiting to get banned, so I don't really post stuff. <laughs> Well, it, it looks like everybody's, I'm, I'm going back to Twitter. A lot of people are going back to Twitter because of what Elon's done. But in the Twitter sphere, there's a push now by some people on the right that are um, basically saying this this amnesty that some people on the left are asking for, for the COVID lockdowns and what they caused. How do you feel on that as far as like people saying, hey, we're wanting amnesty for basically trying to pressure people into locking down, destroying businesses. They're basically wanting to be forgiven, yet I'm not seeing a lot of apologies. How do you feel about that? They, I'm sorry, they want to be how they treated us? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. Um, you know what? I I say yes. I say yes because um, even though I was never an extreme leftist and I've never canceled culture to anyone and I've never been that hateful in my life, um, I was pretty politically naive before 2020. I mean, voted for Obama. Oh, cool, he's black. First black president, awesome. Like, very much susceptible to the woke mob who uses celebrities and pretty and sparkly things to make us believe one thing right and one's not. And uh, I, I would not, I, I wouldn't guess that I would ever have gone down that road that stupidly. Um, but some people did. And I say that nicely, like you yeah. fell for it, <laughs> you fell for it and you used it to hate people. That's on you. Um, but even me, I feel like I need forgiveness for being so naive before 2020 that I didn't pay attention to politics and who knows what I voted in. I voted in Obamacare, which like hurt myself. Right. Mm. I, I deserve forgiveness for being naive, for being so stupid and not caring about politics and thinking it would never affect me. And that's a very minor infraction. Right. Mm -hmm. But people that were so hateful and they, and they caused fights. And it's like, if they're willing to wake up and if they're willing to do the work to now fight on our side, I'm willing to take allies. I'm always willing to take allies because if we just, hate them back and say, no, screw you. We don't forgive you. You did what you did. And, and that's that. Then we're not the party of acceptance and love and unity that we claim to be. So even though they made some pretty dire mistakes back then, they deserve to, they should apologize for that. Um, I say, I mean, me personally, I've, I forgive them. I, I welcome them to the side of right. Here's well, I mean, them apologizing doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be coming over towards being Republican. They're just apologizing for how they acted during COVID. So bear that. And does that change any of your perspective? If say, if say, for example, they're saying, hey, I want to apologize for how I treated you. I'm still a liberal Democrat. I'm still for all these things I once was for once was for before. But now I'm apologizing for it. Does that change it at all? Or is it just what do you think? Oh, yeah. No, that apology. <laughs> you do what? I I do not. You you have okay. to recognize what you did was wrong. Uh -huh. You have to change that behavior. It's like it's like a two year old. You know, you don't hit your brother and then say sorry and then hit him again. Like now I know you're not sorry. <laughs> you, can't, you can't repeat the offense. Okay, so you. So can the apology for you. So let me get this straight. So the apology for you is that as long as they apologize and they come over to the right, then they're good to go. As long as they apologize and they change their behavior so that they mm. don't behave that way again. Right. Because they left that is the party that's creating mm -hmm. racism mm -hmm. diverse diversity division hate cancel culture if you say sorry i treated you that way however i'm still going to hang out with the mean people over here that encouraged me to treat you that way then no you're not going to change so if i forgive you you're going to turn on stab me in the back again so no thank you, you i can see change. that 
Apologies. I can I see mean, that being mutually beneficial to where it's like, okay, if you truly are sorry, walk away from the DNC because they're the ones that, well, you know, here's the other thing. It's such a slippery slope. It wasn't just the DNC. We had prominent figures in the GOP that were for lockdowns originally. I think Christy Noem was the only one that did not lock down her state completely. Uh, very, very few people. I think DeSantis was like right behind her as far as reopening, followed by Abbott and the rest of them. So it's like, this isn't like primarily a left versus right. This was like a uh, damn near everybody. Everybody right. in the government versus the people. So right. does that change um, anything? Yeah, I mean, when I, when I reopened, um, like I said, I was pretty politically naive. I was raised a Christian. I was raised a Republican, a conservative, taught, you know, biblical values, things like that. So I kind of was already on the right, but just Mm -hmm. didn't care about politics. Mm -hmm. So when I reopened and I saw the way the left distinctly, the left was treating me and the way the right was treating me, it was kind of like, whoa, hold on a second. One party says that I'm this vicious, hateful, uh, vindictive, greedy bitch business owner. And the other side says, Uh, we can't cuss on this show. Oh, sorry. I'm yeah, fucking right. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I had I had to make that awkward. Like, oh, we don't we don't we don't cuss on this program. Not that I cuss, but I was like, you're good. You're good. My gosh, so funny. I was like, um, so uh, you sh- it shouldn't be a problem with me. I watch Friends now. <laughs> right was like. Hey, you're, you're our hero. You're fighting for a freedom. And I was like, I did not plan to be a hero or anything like that. I seriously just had this idea in my mind. I have a right to work. So mm-hmm. to me, the line was drawn. The left w- made themselves very clear that they were hateful and vindictive. The right was like, yay, you're fighting for freedoms. You're a patriot, you're a hero. Um, but I agree that what was, we saw weak people, weak mm-hmm. people said, okay, um, I see that there's a virus maybe it's nothing, maybe it's being dramatized by the media. I don't know. So in order to play it safe, because God forbid I get cancel cultured for people dying, I am going to lock my state down because, well, better safe than sorry. And it's like, whoa, 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 hold on a second. My freedom isn't better safe than sorry. It's not in your hands as like a, well, do I want to get yelled at today or not? It's like we saw weak people on both sides. And, and I mean, and I mean that even for governors, that I love that, that most of the time, 99% of the time do right. Uh, you have made a mistake in 2020. Um, some governors are still making a mistake, Mm -hmm. but now again, you see that mistake, you apologize for it. And you remember the next time that you want to play it safe, how badly Americans needed you to be strong in that moment. And what was at stake? Because what was at stake what they know now is, oh, I don't want to be canceled. I better lock the lock the state down just to play it safe. Well, what happened was you ruined families. You murdered kids because they yep. committed suicide being out of school. <clears throat> people lost their jobs. They committed suicide because they couldn't provide for their family. You, some people are on most, well, a lot of people are on the streets now because of it. I, my life was, quote, ruined. I lost six businesses. I had to move out of my state, leave, sell my beautiful home I just built, start a new career down here. It's like, you ruined people's lives at mm-hmm. the same I don't want to be chastised for doing the wrong thing. You see, I, I, I'm of the mindset to where it's like, I can understand like wanting forgiveness and admitting that you were wrong if they, they genuinely mean it. But I also feel like, and I've seen this circulating and I think like there's a lot of truth to it. We should have like a Nuremberg 2.0. People, Fauci especially, but yeah. at the same token, I feel like a lot of people should be put on trial and charged. 
for I what they did, for the lives they ruined, for quite honestly, the fraud, waste, and abuse of billions of dollars of taxpayer money that was that got pushed to these the PPP loans that came out that people were clearly abusing, all this other stuff. It feels like there should be people, their lives should be ruined in turn because it's just like, I, I just, I do believe in forgiveness. I do believe in all that. I understand that. But at the same token, I feel like there needs to be some, uh, some mea culpas being given by the masses. And that should come in the form of financial restitutions. I feel like these businesses such as yourself should be paid back. I feel like those that... Um, were responsible in charge of this, it should come out of their wallets, quite honestly. I think that's fair. I mean, if we if two people get in a car accident and it's one person's fault, their insurance has to pay the difference. I see that being the same thing, maybe not through the insurance ways, but you get where I'm going with this there. I feel like an apology in and of itself is not enough. There needs to be actual uh, financial restitutions provided for those that were actually demonized, had their lives destroyed. Uh, because again, state of New York, they're trying to bring back their New York workers and pay them back pay. Fair enough. I think that's a, hey, good. But I think that should be done across the board. Right. And what about the pain and suffering? What about the months that they were depressed in their bed, mm-hmm. medicated, or like how many people, how many drug addicts relapsed drugs because of this? And I think, John, the word you're looking for here, in which the word that the left loves Reparations. Is <laughs> like, okay, I've yeah. been waiting for this time where the starts to been tilting for a while and just this New York thing to me was like oh we just set precedence in a court of law Mm -hmm. that the people that refused to get vaccinated did not do anything wrong Mm -hmm. and therefore we're working towards okay well since we know that 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 vaccine was a lie and it didn't it didn't help or prevent anything what else what else are we willing to take to court to prove so for me example I'm like I was called a murderer. I, I was told that I was killing people's grandmas. Um, I lost my business to cancel culture because I was greedy and I would rather make money apparently than than yeah. than than save people's lives. No one ever got COVID in my salon. I never enforced masks. Mm. I opened up a mandate three weeks early, and I'm going okay. So you said that if I opened my salon, Kate Brown actually said that I was a danger to the community. You said I would kill people. You said that's why I had to stay shut down. Now, we now know that that didn't happen. So all of the threats and harassment and fines and unconstitutional treatment of my salon and my business and me personally, it is invalidated now. Yeah. Because I never killed anyone. You know, I, I get it. So let me just be completely transparent here. When when COVID first hit, even I was on board with, okay, we should we should take precautions. I get it. But never to the extent of locking everything down. It's like, okay, wait a minute. This is this is a little too much. Like, let's let's pump the brakes. And I can understand how people were fed information from the likes of the CDC, the WHO, many different organizations out there that were clearly lying. It's been proven now. But back during those times, it was literally, well, who do we believe? Who's the experts here? Well, the experts are saying, even under the Trump administration, Lord Fauci was saying, you know, uh, we'll get the vaccine, you're going to die, all this other stuff. It was like nuclear because we saw the footage coming out of China, people dropping dead in the streets. And Americans are like, we don't want to hit her in our shores. And then, of course, Trump's like, well, let's lock it down from China. They called him a xenophobe. Biden comes in, wants to do the same thing. But it just seemed like at the beginning, we were we had we were fed all this information. We didn't really know who to believe. And then over time, people started saying, hey, wait a minute, something's going on here. You know, and then we got dubbed conspiracy theorists and things such as that. So it's kind of like how what's your face called you a threat to the community and things like that. It just seems like 
people should have had enough common sense to say, hey, wait a minute, let's go slow on this because I feel like maybe we don't have all the facts and we should never blindly trust the government or government agencies. And it seemed like they really swallowed it hook, line and sinker and turned it into a religion. Yes, absolutely. They did. And and anyone that spoke up against it, mm-hmm. they, they, they I mean, you know this, they don't listen to common sense. I, for a while, like the cancel culture was a whole new thing to me. Mm-hmm. I went on my press conference. I announced I was opening to feed my kids. And when I started seeing hate, I was like, wait a minute, who is against this? How, how are you against this? Me wanting to work and, and, and feed my family. But um, you're right that like it was a religion. It is a religion still, I swear. Fauci mm-hmm. does owe, I think, you're right, that they should take all of Fauci's riches, especially the riches he now has in the vaccine, pushing the vaccine and the Pfizer investments, mm-hmm. take them all, divide them up, pay reparations to the kids that were yanked out of school, that missed their prom, brides that lost all their money on a wedding that they didn't get to have. Funerals, my God. <clears throat> yeah, it's devastating. It's, it's, yeah, to, to go back, because again, this is circulating on Twitter. Uh, it's funny you say cancel culture, because now that Twitter has become more of an even playing field, Elon's trying to balance it out now. In fact, they've fact-checked Joe Biden twice on Twitter, which was like, holy shit. And it's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy to see that, because I'm kind of like, you know, I think the weirdest thing of all, like, why does that excite me? Like, why, why does that excite me that the president got fact-checked on Twitter? It's like, finally, we have some checks and balances coming to play as far as misinformation at the hands of big tech and things such as that. But yeah. when you talked about cancel culture, now that we see Twitter becoming an even playing ground for liberals and Republicans as far as the open stage of debate, um, it makes me wonder, because liberals are leaving Twitter by en masse, so it makes me wonder, is this destroying cancel culture? Did Elon buy Twitter? And thus put an end to cancel culture because Twitter is where the majority of this cancel culture comes from. Right. I think I think cancel culture is slowly killing itself because mm-hmm. I think the slowly eating itself from the inside. They've got their own set of rules that they, of course, manipulate and twist and recreate every single day based on what their new belief is because they don't actually have a line of like morality. Mm-hmm. And as they start to define those teeny tiny rules about who does and doesn't belong they start to alienate some of their own people who walk away and go, okay, so yeah. you guys really loved me when I was trans, but now that I've just thought about it and I don't want to be trans, yep. I can't be trans, right? So I'm out. Well, their little mob is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. And another thing to recognize too is that, you know, people are, are seeing what cancel culture is and they're less receptive to it. So when I first got it, it was incredibly, I, I think. Can it was, you, can you describe for me what your experience was like when they tried to cancel you? What did that involve? What did that entail? Okay. So I had six businesses. Um, so each business had an Instagram, Facebook messenger, um, email website, right? Mm-hmm. The people would go on to every, business, every Instagram, Facebook website, they would leave one star reviews. They would post it and share and have their friends leave one-star reviews. They would message and call me, you know, a racist and a this, like all these horrible names. They would say terrible things. For not wanting to shut down, you're a racist. Yeah, well, (laughs) I was racist because I was a racist because um, when the George Floyd riots started, Mm. um, they said, Antifa said on Facebook, let's go burn down Glamour Salon and kick Lindsey Graham's ass. 
And I did a call to arms and 400 Patriots showed up outside of my salon, including myself armed. And we protected the entire city of downtown Salem. Nice. So that I became of course a racist because I didn't hope <laughs> burn down my salon. <laughs> you know, that's the one thing that pissed me off about the Trump administration. Trump had talked about demonizing Antifa, making them a terrorist organization that never happened. And now with the emergence of Antifa, no one's stopping them. Why, why have they not been condemned? Because again, terrorism, the idea of using violence to push a political narrative, be it founded in religion or whatever the case may be. Why are these people not considered terrorists? I don't know. I mean, that, that is a great question. And when I heard that being said, <clears throat> a little fraction of hope, the, the, the only thing I can think of is that it was in effect. And then when Biden took over, of course, he would never, um, never destroy his little minions. Mm. Um, they do. They do need to be. I, they graffitied my salon. They threatened me. They took videos of me um, for, for months after I reopened. Mm. Um, they, oh gosh, they would send threatening letters to the salon. I got voicemails every single day that were hateful and disgusting and vile. Um, they went on to Google and changed the um, the setting of my salon. Instead of it saying salon, they would change it to public bathroom. Um, I got they can do that? Yeah, they, they found a way to do it. Like it was a suggestion. And if enough people suggested it, okay. Google got this wrong. Like mm. how much time do these people have? Oh, plenty. Because they're not working, right? Yeah. Sitting at home. But uh, it's really hard to it's really hard to describe to the point where you'd understand that you feel like everyone in the world hates you. Like you don't, I was afraid to leave my house. Mm -hmm. I was afraid to go out to drinks or to restaurants. I thought that the server would be someone that hated me and do something to me. I was afraid I'd get mugged. I was afraid I would get shot, attacked by, uh, um, it was, it was pretty terrifying. Um, and you know, they were successful with it. Um, I did overcome, of course, right? I don't care that I lost my businesses. I became a stronger person. I became who God wanted me to be. But now I think people see that behavior. And I got canceled because my stylist rented my salon. And they Your stylist did what? They rented from my salon. Oh, okay. So they were getting attacked, all of them, on their mm. Instagram. Oh, you work for a racist. You work for a white supremacist. Um, they would make fake appointments online so mm. that we would go have nothing but like a fake day. No one would ever show up. I mean, mm. they are like, so if I didn't have renting stylists that left me, I probably would have been fine. I could have hired new employees, right? Conservative mm. employees. The cancel culture worked on me because those people were too weak to withstand it. And they left me. Yeah. I think now, two years later, people see what cancel culture is and go, Oh yeah. We heard it all before. Racist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, transphobic. Oh my gosh. And guess what? Those people are not the people spending money at your business. No, they're, they're broke. They're You're hundred percent right. You are 100% right. We get that, you know, oftentimes with shell shock, we walk a very fine line. I don't get politics involved with the business, but there are times where you do have to cross that line. When they talked about mask mandates, things such as that forced vaccine on employees, shell shock officially took a position and said, we will not be enforcing this. It'll never happen. It's like, we are not for this. Us, things outside of that, I don't get involved with as far as the business goes. But you're 100% right, because in the past, I've noticed the people that are going to complain the most about your positioning, political, on social media, were never going to be your customers to begin with. So fuck them. Who cares? 
You know, <gasps> I've, I've talked to another big guy. I can't, I don't want to give him, I don't want to dime him out. Well, actually, fuck, it doesn't matter. Um, Andy Frisilla from First Form, we we did a few podcasts together, and I was asking him, I was like, hey, uh, so you're taking some hard stances here. I was like, you're normally motivational, fiscal motivation, things like that. I was like, you're pushing hard in political wars. Like, is that going to make your business suffer, do you think? He's like, no, if anything, our profits have increased. It's like, people like seeing big companies, big names take a stand for freedom and what's right. I was like, I'm all for it. But I would think that you'd be definitely alienating a lot of people. And he's like, no, we haven't. I was like, good. I'm glad to hear that. I'm ha- I'm honestly happy to hear that. Right. And you know what? I think that's a reward, too. It's a reward for yeah. people. Um, those, those who sit quietly, even when they have an opinion, uh, they they are not richly rewarded for that. It, it does no yeah. one any favor. It's like, it's like sitting in a cafeteria watching a kid get bullied yeah. and going, well, my problem, you know? Yeah. So- Great. He has taken a very bold political stance. I think that's awesome. And people that I think people too now that we know what cancel culture is, if you get canceled and you promote that you get canceled, other conservatives are quick to jump up and go, hey, you know what? I'm going to buy from you just just because the liberals hate you so much. But you see, and that's the problem that we're facing now, though, is because some people are faking the funk in order to utilize that technique to increase their revenue. It's like the whole... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Even I see this all the time. It's like, it's like, oh, you know, big tech. For example, I see this ad all the time on these stupid freaking boomer GOP sites of like, buy the Trump gold coin. Nancy Pelosi hates it if you buy this. It's like, nobody gives it. This is what they do. They manipulate it. It's a lot of manipulation in the media. And, and you know this, when it comes to advertising, people are just, they're taking things and they're blowing it way out of proportion. Like that, that never happened. Or Nancy Pelosi doesn't give a shit if you own a gold Trump. Like nobody cares. But I see this and it's kind of like, man, there's some shady shysters out there that take advantage of these movements. That sucks. Cause you know what? It, it, we should be supporting people who truly canceled and losing their yeah. income or be, being harassed just for having beliefs. Um, yeah. But definitely people should not be uh, profiting off of that. That's, that's so shady. I take it that you're in favor of a dual economy, sort of a leftist economy and a right economy. Oh yeah. When people are like, you know what? The left go to, go to here and the right go to here. We'll just live separately. I'm like, totally cool with that. We're going to thrive, be like healthy and successful and capitalist and, and loving and united. And you guys are just going to like eat each other alive. Someone doesn't agree with you. Over in California. That would be the best reality show ever. Give a conservatives a big old mansion, give the left a big old mansion and just follow them around and see what happens. I guarantee these people are going to be fighting and stabbing each other. And we're going <laughs> to, how are we going to make it? Right, you cook, you clean, like it would totally, it, it, we would thrive. Almost I, like a national divorce. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to unite with the left anyway. I mean, I'm sorry. That sounds, I'm a loving Christian. I love the Lord, but. Well, I it seems want, like when you have a party that is embracing of, groomers being around children, uh, adult drag story time with children. It feels like this is not the progressive left that we grew up hearing about. This is a different different group of people. These are, these are the people that are off the rails, insane, embracing of gender dysphoria. These and they're, they're, they are they are promoting the wrong things. And you know, I, the thing that I that really aggravates me the most is like the fact that we're streaming on Rumble. I can't stream this on YouTube or Facebook or Twitch because if I do, and I said, hey, I think I genuinely feel that transgender people have a psychological disorder. If your mind and your body physically or whatever don't line up, there's an issue. Right. Like there there's an issue there. And by saying that, that does not inherently mean that I mean that they're bad people. I just mean that there is an issue. 
And you can't even have these conversations anymore because if you do, oh, you're you're a white supremacist, you're a white nationalist, you're all these things. Like, wait a minute. But that is what the DNC is, has de-evolved into. They've let the insane people now run buckshot over everybody. It's like, well, like you said before, the cancer culture, the SJW movement, it's, it's destroying the DNC. Absolutely. And you know what sucks is um, it's not two side, it's not a two way street. Right. So we we can't say, hey, the fact that you are a man and you think you are inner, inwardly innermost a woman, that's a mental issue. You need to get help. You need to potentially be on meds, maybe go go to church and pray. But on the flip side, because I'm such a person of faith and I'm so open about it, they can call me. Bible thumper, uh, your man, your fake man in the sky, you're delusional. They can make fun of me as if it's a mental disorder that I believe in God, and that's yeah. totally fine. Totally mm-hmm. fine. Yeah, I that's agree. I'm I'm a pretty open minded person. Um, I'll hear your argument. I'll listen. I'll rationally have a discussion with you. But the minute it becomes, you know, you can criticize the crap out of me, and that's loving and accepting and un- unified. Yeah. But I same. Yeah. is and that's the problem is they want unity right unity 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 i don't want to unify with you because mm-hmm. your idea of you means that i agree to accept that yes men can get pregnant like i agree to accept that kids should go to drag sto- drag shows because me arguing with you about that means we're not unified guess what i'm okay with that you're psycho i agree I don't, yeah, that's where people say, like, why can't we just put our political differences aside and just unite? It's like, it's not that simplistic. You can't, there's just no way. How can I unite with a president that has openly said that it's okay for children to undergo uh, the puberty blocker process, hormone replacement therapy for even toddlers? And you're wanting me to unite with somebody like that? Like, absolutely not. I think you should be locked up. I think you should be in prison. In fact, you should be in a fucking internment camp. Like, I find yeah. you people just morally repugnant. So it's like when you're wanting me to unite and then uh, just try and come together for with an olive branch with these people, it's like, no, I really, honestly, you're not Americans to me. Like, when the time came and you had the chance to stand up for your freedom and not throw it away, throw it away for the sake of safety, you didn't. You buckled. And I feel that genuinely, if you did that and you threw your freedom away, you shouldn't get it back. That's right. You you made your choice and you made that choice to not only sacrifice your own freedom, but chastise those of us who wanted to enjoy our freedom. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And that's that's just, you know, that's that's where we're at now. And that's when it comes. That's why I asked you that amnesty question. So like, I don't think I want to give him amnesty. I don't think I want to forgive him. It's like because for the last two years, I just feel like people that were impacted to such an insane level, even people like yourself. It's like, no, just a simple. Oh, fuck. I fucked up. I'm sorry. That ain't going to cut it. That's just no. not going to cut it. No, and you're right. Like going back to that, um, like I said, oh, I, I would, I would forgive them, and blah blah blah. And I, and I again, I say I would if mm. they their ways, and if they agreed. Hey, the people that suffered, the people that we made suffer mm-hmm. through cancel culture, through harassment, through fines, through tyranny, we owe those people not only an apology but an opportunity to get their life back. What are we you doing now for work? Uh, so I have the Patriot Barbie podcast. I wrote a book about um, everything that I went through, which ended up kind of being my life story. Mm-hmm. Um, and I work with a famous uh, worship artist named Vanessa Orabuena. I do a lot of business stuff with her. Nice. And getting ready to launch a merch line. So nice. And this is what my jam. Where can they find this at? They can find the merch line. It'll probably be up in about two weeks at patriotbarbie.com. 
And they can also find you on Instagram and social media at the same uh, title, right? Patriot Barbie? The Patriot Barbie. The and Patriot Scott Barbie. Because Instagram has canceled me twice. So I've had to come. <laughs> Join the club on that one. Yeah, they've, I had an account at 300,000. I had a verified account. They took it all. They took my Facebook, my YouTube right there. The thing that pissed me off the most, though, it was like people that I'd helped grow in the beginning, shouting them out when I was bigger than them. When you're when when you get hit, nowhere to be found. Nowhere wow. to be found. There's a lot of fucking, especially in Turning Point. I told you before, it's like I'm no, I'm no, I'm not friends with Turning Point. But there's a lot of people in that organization. I'm not. I shouldn't blame the organization for this, but I do see that generally a lot of people like to stick together and they have similar mindsets. And when somebody comes along that like I was diehard Republican, I was diehard Trump, and then I started saying. No, Trump does some anti 2 a things I don't like, and I lean more libertarian. That got me ostracized a little bit. And I was like, you know what? I'm okay with that because at the same token, why sell out for the sake of just being included into this group of people that I feel like the GOP is straying from the Constitution? They sit there and they say that they are for small government, yet every opportunity they're for big government. And it really blows my mind. But I see stuff like that, and it's like, yeah, when somebody needs help, it's like, yeah, ain't nobody there. Nobody comes to the rescue unless you're in the, you're the in crowd. That's right. It's it's a really hard thing to feel like, um, especially in this movement, you don't want to count on anyone else. It's it's hard to count on anyone else. Yeah. Um, and yet sometimes people go, you, you know, you need support. You need support. And I'm, I have trust issues now because so yeah. many, so many of my friends and my my workers that worked with me for four years, you know, ditched yeah. me. It got hard. And I went, ah, if I just keep my keep to myself, I'm I'm OK. But that's hard. Yeah. It is. I mean, there. I mean, alliances are so much better. Don't get me wrong. I agree with that. But it's just like when I see organizations like, look, you can't have any disagreements within this organization. It's like, well, then fuck off. It's like, that's just no, that you cannot, you cannot exist in that capacity. I feel like there has, there has to be diversity of thought. Otherwise, how are you going to grow? How are you going to expand your perspective when you, unless you hear other people's perspectives as well? And it doesn't mean that you have to agree with them, but at least hearing them out. And then you can pick and choose what it is that you want to actually consider or adhere to whatever the case may be. It's just like, yeah, I feel like if we exist in an echo chamber, it doesn't serve us any really, really good purpose. Right. That's exactly what the left is. So mm. we don't, we don't want to be them. So your book, this, your book has described everything that you went through as far as the, the, the COVID, the cancel culture. And it, you said it was your life story. Yeah. So, um, I, I really believe God called me to write a book. He, he told me through four different people in a period of 24 hours um, to write a book, which was not at all on my to-do list. And I had plenty of time because I was unemployed. <laughs> like, all right, I sat down on my computer, this computer, and I wrote a book. And um, I was thinking, gosh, this is going to be awfully boring. It was like, you know, 10 days of straight, pure harassment from the government. And then we opened, we were allowed to open back up. So um, it sort of, you know, dwindled away. But I was trying to tell the story and, and how it got to be that I was strong enough to endure like single-handedly fighting the government and really taking cancel culture on and not committing suicide. It was so bad. Um, when I try to tell those stories that I believe God had prepared me for this, and I really do, um, I had to tell kind of some of the stories in my twenties and, and they are not pretty. I was um, a, a, a pretty colorful person in my twenties. So, um, there's some pretty juicy chapters in there. So funny thing is I should have the left. I should go, hey, you guys want all my, my juicy dirt? Read chapter five. That was when I was a meth head. Like, <laughs> yeah, here's all my crap. If you want to cancel me, like I was a stripper, for God's sake. Why didn't you bring that up when you were canceling me? Because so, if they do yeah. that, that's going to make themselves look bad because now they're shaming you for being whatever. 
not they're not they're not shaming me for being a sex worker, which mm-hmm. is of course inclusive, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so the book ended up kind of being my testimony. Like, here's mm-hmm. the crap twenties. I've always wondered why God would let me be like a perfect angel in high school, and then in my twenties, just like do everything, and then and then just kind of come out of it, right? And be normal. Well, I, I believe it's because my story hits people harder when they realize that, you know, I wasn't a 20 year old that daddy gave me money and I opened a big salon. I worked hard for everything. I came out of a drug addiction and, and many, many other things that you can read the book if you want to know. Um, where can they I, find this book? What's that? Where, where can they find your book at? Uh, PatriotBarbie.com. Okay. So your own website. Good, good, good. Your own website. So yeah. Patriot Barbie, is it, is it PatriotBarbie.com or the PatriotBarbie.com? Either one works. Oh, nice. Smart. Smart. Okay. Um, Awesomebarbie.com, (laughs) brunettebarbie.com. You locked it down. You're like, I'm not, no, they're not, even if they fuck it up, they're coming here. They're coming to the website. (laughs) Find like stupidliberals.com and then direct them to my page. Oh my God. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's my testimony. It's, um, it's, it's, it's kind of all wrapped up in why I believe God God spent my whole life preparing me to be the fight, this fighter for freedom. What would you say the biggest lesson, the biggest takeaway you've learned over the past three years has been? Um, probably my identity, finding my identity. Um, when I was in Salem, I was very, very well known as like the most successful stylist in probably Oregon. Um, my salon was huge. Everyone knew about it. And when I started to see that slip away, well, it, I mean, it completely taken away completely. Um, it was after I moved down to Arizona and I thought, well, I'll just, you know, start a new business down here. And I really felt God telling me like, that's not who you are anymore at all. I had no passion, no desire for something. I did the best of the best for 15 years. Right. That, mm-hmm. What a weird feeling. And I kind of went through an identity crisis where I was like, okay, well, I I am a mom, I am a wife, but now I'm not this successful business owner. And people would say, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, don't know what I do. I'm the Patriot Barbie. What does she do? (laughs) She thinks she has a cool Instagram with like 13,000 followers. Um, So I was like, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm supposed to be. I don't know. And that is when I think God found me and said, you are, this is who you are. You are exactly who I say you are. You're not a salon owner. You're not a wealthy entrepreneur. You're not a successful business owner. Like your identity, my identity was so wrapped up in that, that I didn't even know what to do when I lost it. Mm-hmm. And now I find myself going, I guess every day I wake up and I go where the Lord tells me to go. I go through the doors. He tells me that he's opened um, and find peace and honor and, and privilege in that knowing that I'm, it may not be, monetarily successful i'm i don't have a career anymore per se but i find myself more proud that i was called into a position of authority to speak up in this time and i know that just sounds so weird and like bible thumperish but it's so true i i just don't I, i would never go back to that life even knowing what i know now that you know i lost my career and i i don't know where my life is going and um i I am just thankful to be doing something that matters. And I feel like every day at the end of the day, you know, God says, well done, good and faithful one. And that is worth more than all the riches in the world. Do you think you're going to go back to uh, the salon world? No, no, no. 
I will, I will say, I will say probably never. I sold everything, mm-hmm. my color tools. I've, I haven't done hair in two years. I've, I've completely lost all desire for it. Okay. Is this, that's a, that's a result of the lockdowns? Yeah. A result of like, you know, building a salon to the best it was ever going to be ever mm-hmm. and losing it completely thinking, just even thinking about rebuilding something like that at mm-hmm. my age. Um, and having to go another 15 years slaving away. I mean, I gave up so many years of my life to build that business. That's and- see, that's what you just said right there is the biggest reason why I couldn't give a fuck less when the left wants to apologize for amnesty because all the hard work that you went through, the 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 long hours, the incessant having to deal with one issue after another because being a business owner as you well know is not an easy endeavor. It's, it's very easy to just throw it away and say, I'm just going to go work a nine to five for somebody else versus you do your own thing. Now you're taking all those problems on yourself and you did it for, you said 13 years and COVID comes in and they just flushed you. They just flushed it away. Didn't give a damn about any of that. They accused you of all these things. So I get it. I get why it's like, I don't want to do that again. Like it was like, that was a pain in the ass. I get it. And I did it, I did it starting in my twenties and I had all three of my babies like throughout that process. So, I mean, yeah. I was like six months pregnant laying flooring cause I was, you know, expanding my salon. Yeah. I, I mean, like blood, sweat and tears. I broke my nose pulling cabinets down on my last remodel, the big old scar right there. Um, I can't imagine doing that again. I yeah. can't imagine to do that for 15 years. I've got the three kids now. I've got to raise them and be a mom. I got to freaking fight for America got to fight for our kids. Like it's a full-time job and it may not pay, but someone's got to do it. And guess what? I I consider it a blessing that I've been canceled because now I can say whatever I want to say. And what are you going to do? Where are you going to leave a a review? Not on patriotbarbie.com. I don't have reviews. So like, you can't cancel me now. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I get, I get the hate mail in my Instagram every single day. I just exposed junior high, a junior high here in, in, uh, in Arizona that a teacher was trying to be non, non-gender and make the kids call her a non-gender. And they've, they've got threats of a school shooting now. And they're trying to blame me. The liberals are trying to blame me. If you wouldn't have much attention on our school, and I'm like, you can't cancel me. Yeah. Like, your psychotic students with their brain damage wanting to go shoot up schools is the problem I'm trying to expose. Yeah. And it's a very unique person to have the strength to endure that kind of hatred every single day and be able to, for me to be able to go, my identity is not in what you think of me. That's something I've been blessed that was taken away from me. I don't care what you think. I, I don't care about your reviews. I don't care about your hate. I know that God's telling me to do the right thing and I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. That's. Well, you got to follow your, you got to follow what your heart tells you to do. I mean, I totally get it. I get it, but it's just, it's hard. You can't even explain how liberal mindset actually works, how they think, because it just, it doesn't compute with me. If you go in there and you say, look, I don't want my children being lectured on sexuality or anything regarding that by a teacher, that is not your role, that is not your job, that is my job as a parent, and then they get some blowback for how they acted and they want to blame you, it's like, no, you're the causation of all this. You don't get to blame a potential active shooter on me. The fact of the matter right. is you initiated this by having some kind of freak job. And that's the other thing is like people don't, parents by and large don't realize that there are a lot of people in the education system that are so far left, so far gone. They are trying to indoctrinate your children. I'm sorry. These people should be tried. They are disgusting. 
the fact that you have these, and you look, and this is the truth, every single one of them, usually gay, usually lesbian, unattractive, unfuckable, different color hair, obese, don't take care of themselves. And it's like, look, the fact that you're, you're an outcast from society because of your own choices, because you never got attention growing up, that your parents never loved you, whatever the case may be, don't try and project that onto the children by trying to get them to accept your fucked up ideologies as far as your gender, you want to be called a unicorn. I just, I, I've had so many different discussions, a lot of friends, when I talk about the transgender issue, because it seems to be at the crux of a lot of these issues, is that transgenderism to me is the line in the sand. I get the LGB. I get that. But now with transgenderism that attached itself to the LGB, transgenderism has nothing to do with sexuality and everything with gender. So when we see this happening now, it's like, well, I used to embrace this idea of like, it's not my life. I don't want to pay for it. Live and let live. But now we're seeing it's impacted children. So a pragmatic approach to this is like, look, I'm sorry, transgenderism is wrong. It's like, it's not right. We're seeing our society, the moral fabric's becoming very loosely woven. And now they're going after children by and large. And it's it's been accepted by a lot of these schools. Right. And and even with the idea that, like, let's say it did children, um, let's just say we, we did say live and let live. Mm-hmm. And guys, if you want to get a at 18 or whatever get a sex change and do what you got to do whatever but it does affect other people right and this is the less big argument is oh you opened your salon that affects other people that kills other people it's all about wear your mask to save other people you yeah. need to be a community member okay a dude getting his wiener cut off and taking hormones looking potentially very much like a girl could someday go out on a date with my son right And he gets as far as he gets and then figures out that's a dude. You've affected him. You've affected me. You've told the community around you a lie, a lie that will never be. This could happen like to the extreme, right? Let's say that he gets a surgery that is so believable. Mm -hmm. He starts a life with someone. He gets married. And then that, that man says, let's have a baby. And he goes, Oh, bad news. I'm actually a dude. Yeah. Real. That could happen because they, they want us to be so inclusive about it mm. that that's the, that the, that's the way we accept it. And now we're talking about you are a danger to the community. You're lying to the people around you. Right. You're not presenting yourself as you are, which is the truth. And that does affect us. Well, now so, they're trying to conduct studies about actually implanting a uterus in a man, therefore trying to back their um, claims that a man can't get pregnant. It's like, no, you literally took the parts of a woman. You could take the trans, you take an engine out of a Trans Am and put it in a fucking Buick. It's still not a Buick. That's a Trans Am engine in a Buick. That's right. Oh my gosh. It's just, in, see that? And that's the thing is I'm like, let's just say we're like, all right, live and let live. No, they've got to take it the mile. Like you gave them a tiny inch and mm-hmm. they took it a mile. That's yeah. why I feel, that's why I feel like conservatives have become so outspoken and aggressive mm-hmm. is because we figured out if we even try to be nice about your stuff, Suddenly there's drag queen kid shows. Like, yeah. you, well, I mean, look you at the second you. amendment. You give them an inch, they will take a mile. Yep. They'll take every single gun in this country. Yep. Mm-hmm. We can't trust them. What are your predictions for midterms coming up? What do you think is going to happen? I always hate that question. Cause I'm like, I could predict all I want. I'm I like, know. <laughs> I know. I'm right there with you, but what, okay. What, what, do. what do you think is going to happen? I, I do think that I do think that there are more people like myself who went from being too activated mm-hmm. and they are so sick of seeing what the left is trying to do mm-hmm. that I think be a huge red wave. Think I do so. think I to cheat. I absolutely do. I don't put that past them at all. Oh yeah. Um, but I, I hope that 
that we catch them in the act, first of all. And I hope that uh, the red wave sticks. Well, I mean, again, if Virginia and New Jersey and places like Florida are any indicator, once they went after the children, the moms came out in full force and was like, nope. Because if, if, if you want to see a family get empowered to vote, it's going to come from the mom. The mama bears are going to be like, we're all going now. We're all going to vote. Because they understand, like, men, by and large, they're working, they're doing whatever they got to do. Women are kind of, like, watching hardcore at the schools right now, saying, what the fuck is going on? So when a woman's like, you know, the parent, the mother of the the student is just kind of like, we're going to go vote because this stuff needs to end. Again, Virginia flipped. New Jersey almost flipped. Um, Speaking of New Jersey, did you ever have any contact with Ian Smith? I, yeah, I've, I've uh, messaged back and forth with Ian Smith a little bit on Instagram. I've never met him in person. That's, that's definitely a goal. Well, he, so he you opened, two went through very right, similar situations. Yeah. 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 He opened right after me. And I remember thinking, oh, I'm glad they didn't lock up my doors. I don't think I could kick them in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's just, it's interesting to see like people that actually stood tall during the lockdowns, like nobody fucked with us. Like we kept going. I was like, I'm not fucking shit. Fuck no, we're doing our own thing. And the, as long as the mail kept running, it was like, we didn't shut down. But Texas was right. very lenient with that. Like they said, all right, we're going to lock down. But they didn't really enforce it too, too much. They tried, but a lot of people were like, yeah, fuck you. So I don't know. It, it was very much politicized because oh, yeah. I, before I opened, I made a series of phone calls to the health department to the health licensing agency that held my salon license, to the police department, to the sheriff department. I asked every single one of them, who's enforcing lockdowns? If a business opens, um, I, I pretended to be someone that was reporting someone. Hey, if I if I saw a business that was opening, uh, would I call you? And they were all like, no, we don't enforce. Call this person. No, we don't enforce. All of them That's a smart way of pr- phrasing that. Like, I like how you said, hey, if I wanted to report a business versus like, hey, guys, if I wanted to open. <laughs> smart right. way. Yeah, none of them said that they would. Um, none of them said that they would enforce it. And then mm. magically, after I opened, they all suddenly enforced it. So, mm. and they all came after me every single. Probably because nobody. Were you the first person in your area to open it back up? Say, I'm, I'm opening. Oh yes, absolutely. Well, that's I was probably like, why I, then. Yeah. Yeah, I opened up right after Shelly Luther in Texas. So. Actually, I went to Shelly's place, did an interview with her at their at her place, and that was one of those. Um, that was an interesting situation. Like the cops were there. There was a bunch of pro Second Amendment people there walking around with AR-15s, although I don't know what that really accomplished, but I get the messages that it wants to send. But uh, no, and I guess she's running for Congress now. Oh, good. Good for her. We'll see. I mean, I don't, I don't know if she's good. I don't know her policy, so I have no idea. But the fact is, there were many people around the country that did the same thing. They stood up, said, nope. Nope, yep. we're, not, we're not doing this. We're not going to go silently with this because this is bullshit. This isn't right. Right. And I think that's why we didn't get a second round. Remember how they hinted a few months ago, six months ago about second round. And I said, mm-hmm. there is no way people that were on the verge of bankruptcy mm-hmm. are going to do it again. We're not yeah. falling for it again. No way. Our economy can't handle it. My God, look at what's going on right now. Nope. There's no way. And people think this is only just Biden. It's like, this isn't just Biden either. Like this is this Trump bears some responsibility in this. It's this like, is- a lot of these governors across these states, a lot of them, but Greg Abbott, I'm not letting him off the hook. He shut down for like two months. It's like, dude, yep. it's like, I get that you wanted to reopen. Awesome. It's like, but you still bent the knee. Yep. You didn't reopen. That was the difference. You mm-hmm. didn't stand up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your book, what, what is the title of your book? Targeted one mom's fight for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We got some people in the comments already said they want to go check it out. And again, this is you can get this book at thepatriotbarbie.com or patriotbarbie.com. You can check out the book that uh, you've written there. And how long has this been out? 
Um, let's see. I wrote it and published it probably last year. So just almost a year. Okay. Maybe, maybe right around awesome. a year. Well, that's yeah. awesome. Kudos to you for putting your story out there. And that's at least a, a good way of to like leaving a living testament of what you did during yeah. this time. Because I, I do feel that maybe a generation or two now, they're going to look back and say, what the hell happened? And then there'll be figureheads like you and Ian's and other types out there to be like, look, these are the people that during this time of struggle and turmoil, they stood up and said, no, this isn't right. And they underwent the cancel culture and things such as that. Yep. See, I'm telling you, it's, it's been a blessing. I, mm-hmm. I know that my story sounds devastating and there was plenty of months and the year in there where it was absolutely devastating. And sometimes I try not to even think about what I lost because I don't want yeah. to experience that recognition of what my family lost. But I, I feel so honored to be a person that can say I, I, when no one else did. That's yeah. like a blessing. I can only imagine the mental strain and anguish that came alongside of something like that and taking a stand in the face of so much opposition. There was, um, there's a moment that really, really hits home for me. And I, I actually get like emotional every time I tell it, but I had a, a girlfriend that I'd been friends with for 20 years. She was, we went to high school together. I was in her wedding. I nannied her babies. Um, she worked at my salon and I think it was about day six. They started threatening my stylist and saying, we know that you're working at Glamour. And if you are um, shut down immediately, or we will revoke your business license and you will not get it back. And they all opened their letters and they, they cried. And so at that point, the, the, the county that was 20 minutes away was open. So they were allowed to go and rent a station for like a day at a different salon. Right. Yeah. And then they go do this. We have to work. And I said, I know you have to work. That's the whole reason I'm doing this. I don't blame you go to the other salon and, and do hair. And she looked at me and she said, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to stay. This is my fight. I'm going to stay. And she goes, and she started crying and said, please don't do this anymore. I don't want to see you lose everything. Please, 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 please stop for me. And I just said, I can't, I can't stop. If I stop, then they know that they pushed me to a point mm-hmm. and they'll know that that was the point that someone always breaks and I can't break. And I stayed and I told her I'm not going to lose everything. And then ironically, I lost everything. <laughs> yeah. But looking back to how much would you hate yourself right now? Had you listened and bent the knee? No. Exactly. Day one. I mean, day one is OSHA showed up at my door and said, if you open up tomorrow, we're going to fine you $70,000. And I just said, you little pricks, like you came here and threatened me before I even made the action. You're trying to intimidate me. And that intimidation that went on every day for weeks, it fueled me in a way that said, the more you try to pressure me into doing this, the more I know that you think you're going to break me. And I'm hardheaded, right? That's how God made me. And I know it. <laughs> and I refuse to let you break me. I will I will go to jail. I will get arrested. I, I sat down with my husband one night and I said, this letter says that I could go to jail. I need to know that you're okay with that and, and what we're going to do mm-hmm. if, if I so this was a very real, oh, feels like forever ago. feels like someone else's life, but it was such a real um, battle. Mm-hmm. And uh, of all the ways that it turned out, um, it could not have turned out any better. That's I awesome could've. to hear. I can't yeah. even, yeah, I just, again, that's why we go back to that question of amnesty. It's like, fuck them. Like, I, just, <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could be more Christian, like in certain aspects, certain ways, but it's just like, oh, I don't like these people. I do not like them. 
the more I tell my story too, you're like, you did this to this woman? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's like, oh, because I've seen this. I've heard this multiple different times from multiple different people over, my God, by the end of it, it was like almost half a million businesses have been shut down, destroyed. And I'm sitting here and just like, and you want amnesty for that? Like when you sit there and you said that we should be strapped down to tables and be forced to have the injections, we should be deported, we should be tried, we should put in jail. Like they said, yeah. like you told me, they, they told you a baby killer, a grandma killer, stuff like that. It's like, my God, you demonized us. You wanted, they wanted our children taken away from us. They wanted all manner of things. Like, I'm sorry. I think you people could burn in hell. It's like, you weren't even Americans. You people were acting like scared sheep. Well, when you put it that way, <laughs> maybe I don't forgive them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, I feel like, cause if we let people off the hook that easily, then they're bound to make that same mistake again because there were no repercussions. There was no atoning for their sins. It's kind of like if you screw up and there's no ramifications, then you're more than likely going to make that screw up again. I feel like there just has to be a way of like, look, you know, and the thing that really aggravates me though is because there was even a lot of people like, look, I am for the freedom to choose whether or not you want to get that vaccine, but I'm getting the vaccine because I need to keep my job. I don't like what they're doing but I've got to do this to feed my family. It's like, I get it. I don't hate those people, but it's the people that like just sit there and they form the cult. They form the, the religion of Fauci. And it's just like, no, I think Fauci should be in prison. I feel, and I don't mean that in the sense of like, this is like propaganda from somebody on the right. Cause I'm more centrist, but I feel like Fauci who was in charge of leading this lied to people. He should be in prison for life. This guy is the, the mouthpiece of why so many people have had their lives completely destroyed. If anyone at all can can file a suit just to prove that he knew he was deceiving the people, it opens up a civil suit for every single one of us that lost a dime, a penny during lockdowns, which is everybody, the entire mm -hmm. United States. Mm -hmm. It just it still blows my mind. That guy makes what was it, four hundred thousand a year? Four hundred thousand. He's the highest pay, highest paid government employee. He makes that much money. And how many times did he screw up? Ivermectin was proven to work. Various different things that they tried stifling and tried censoring. Again, like we look at organizations like Facebook with Meta, it's been proven they are working hand in hand, excuse me, with the government. There is election meddling. They are trying to stifle certain ads. Elon Musk even admitted it with Twitter. It's like, you know, there's just so much going on right now. These people, quite honestly, they talk about election meddling. They're doing it. They're right. doing it. Why are they not being charged? And that's why I, I feel know. like come midterms, hopefully, if Republicans take back the House and the Senate, hopefully, it's like you need to start pinning some hides, some wall, because I feel like a lot of people, uh, especially Republicans primarily, are very fed up with a lot of lip service that Republican uh, representatives are giving to people. There's like, no, if you take back control, because if we think before freaking Biden took over, Republicans had control. They had they had um, the majority. What do we do with it? Nothing. We did yeah. hardly anything. Nope. Now, hopefully, the the what they would call the extreme right pol politicians hopefully yeah. get elected, and they say we're not just going to sit by and pretend that you didn't do what you did when you were in. Yeah. We're going to we're going to make you accountable for it. Yeah, hundred percent. Nothing wrong or evil or vindictive about saying, "Fine, we hear you. You want amnesty. You you apologize, but you do have to suffer the consequences." I mean, mm -hmm. I put in time out. They they get grounded. That's you can say you're sorry for doing something, but if there is no consequence, then there's no reason for them not to do it again. So there does need to be, there does need to be consequences for their actions. I agree. I agree. Well, Lindsay, I got number one. I got to say, <laughs> 
it sucks to have that name because I'm already seeing the chest like Lindsey Graham. <laughs> fuck that rhino's like it's not that Lindsey Graham. This is a whole different Lindsey Graham. <laughs> Don't worry about that. This is Lindsey Graham, the Patriot Barbie, not Lindsey Graham, the uh, the sellout. So, <laughs> well, Lindsey, once again, go ahead. Oh, just I was gonna say, people keep saying to me, "You should change your name," and I'm like, "Well, no, because you're never gonna forget it." So it's like it really, and people can be really dumb sometimes, like. I'll post an image on my, of an event that I'm going to be at. says Lindsey Graham, the Patriot Barbie. And they're like that rhino. And I'm like, it's my picture. It's my name. Well, to be fair, no. Cause I was, I was at your Insta today. I want to make sure I spelled your name right and stuff like that. And I saw Lindsey Graham at turning point. I'm like, what? I was like, ah, that figures. But even I thought the same thing. I was like, Lindsey Graham, (laughs) fuck that guy. Like why the fuck's turning point fucking with that dude? Oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> I thought the same thing though, because it was a picture of you, same thing. It was just like Lindsey Graham, huh? Okay. But, but you know what? Sometimes the way that it's worded is Lindsey Graham, comma, the Patriot Barbie. So it's like him yeah. and me. That's exactly. What yes. Yeah. Exactly. And it's on your page. So naturally, you're going to be in the graphic. And there's a little right. shout out to Lindsey Graham in the background. I was like, okay, that's what I figured would happen. So I get why they think that. Because even I read it and I was like, huh, okay. <laughs> okay, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to, like, <laughs> I'm going to tag Lindsey Graham in it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, again, where can everybody find you? Uh, so Instagram is the.patriot.barbie. Um, you can get there by just going to patriotbarbie.com or thepatriotbarbie.com. And uh, my website has all my partners, sponsors, affiliates, my book. My merch line is coming out in two weeks. Um, yeah, everything. My podcast podcast is pretty epic i also do cancel free like i don't do youtube so we are very very open and honest and i give other patriots um, a platform to tell their stories looking at your website right now you got your email sign up rocking the double guns pistolas there read her story nice nice easy to navigate website perfectly done again patriotbarbie.com right here that's where you can see the book appearances podcast support connect podcast i imagine takes you straight to the podcast channel we can check out her. Yep, subscribe. My God, I need to jump on this. Good grief. This looks great. You're good. Aren't Very I good. fun? You, did you do this yourself? <laughs> no. <laughs> you should have seen it. I was on GoDaddy trying to like, you know, put a picture in a thing. And I was like, it looks great. And I talked to a pro. She's like, let me help you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it looks good. But I'm going to take over for you, sweetie. Sure. Well, Lindsay, I want to say thank you for coming on today, for taking time out of your busy schedule to come over and tell us your story. I'd love to have you back on. Thank you for being here. Thank you, John. Thanks for such a great, great, real, authentic conversation. It was awesome. I do. My, I didn't even cuss that much either. I'm proud of myself. You did, you did quite well. Quite well. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Thank you for coming on, Lindsay. All right. Thanks, John. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, folks, I want to say thank you for being here with us today. Uh, I am going to start another episode immediately after this. And, of course, the cameras are all messed up. Don't go anywhere. Josh is in the studio. We're going to come back with our normal day of podcasting to go over the news. A big thank you to Lindsay. And, again, that is PatriotBarbie.com. Go check her out. Amazing story to tell. This woman's been through a lot. She's done a hell of a lot of good with her life. So, again, PatriotBarbie.com. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.